your heart-stopping news-packed 60 minutes of regular trolling. Webmaster Radio presents The Pulse. Take your seat among the experts in the search engine marketing arena. This weekly radio show keeps you informed of the latest search news, offers insight on the biggest forum discussions, and puts your finger on the pulse of the search marketing community. Our hosts have made their way to the round table. The Pulse, the Pulse. starts now. We are live from the SES New York at the Webmaster Radio booth on the first floor of the exit exhibit hall. My name is Ben Pfeiffer, and I'm the senior editor of the Search Engine Roundtable. I have a search engine marketing firm called Rank Smart. Today with me is Chris Boggs, the associated editor of the Search Engine Roundtable, and he works in the SEO department as a search strategist at Avenue A and Razorfish. We've got some guest uh, speakers today with us. We have Rebecca from SEO Moz and a couple other special guests that's going to join us for a few topics. Let's go ahead and get started with some of the popular search topics that are going on here at the conference, as well as stuff that we've covered this past week at Search Engine Roundtable. Yeah, I just want to say a quick hello to all the dog pound out there. Uh, just so you know, if you're in the chat room, uh, we do not have access to the chat room. So unfortunately, we will not be able to uh, post the threads like we usually do. You're actually going to have to do a little work and find them. I would recommend going into the archive section of the Search Engine Roundtable because if you go try to scroll through what's there now, you're going to find about a million posts from the last couple of days uh, worth of session coverage that we've done. So uh, just to kind of echo what Ben said, Damn glad to be here. We're partying. Darren the man's here. Woo! Uh, you know, Darren, uh, the, the Babin crew, uh, <laughs> everyone here is, you know, just ready to go. We're two days into the conference, and uh, just all, all systems go. Uh, it looks like Webmaster Radio, as usual, has a great following. they got a good location here uh, in one of the three uh, show floors that we have gone at SES. Uh, last year, if anyone was here that isn't here this year, there was a, kind of a smaller show floor that only had about three or four booths. Well, that one is now completely full, along with the other two major show halls. Uh, everyone seems to be bringing out everything. There's some good swag here to be had, uh, depending on which floor you are. And um, uh, everything's going great. So looking forward to getting going into this. Like, a, uh, like Ben said, we got some guests. Uh, one thing is Barry is not going to be with us today. Uh, no, Barry is taking his cousin back to the airport. So he had to jet off and fight traffic to uh, get his cousin back to Israel, I think. So, uh, Barry, we miss you. We'd love to have you here. Yes, we miss you, Robo Barry. Well, good deal. Uh, let's go ahead and start and see uh, about some of the trends that we're seeing here at SES this time. Uh, it's obviously a very packed conference. It's like room to room. I know I get into some conference halls and it's like freaking rock concert going on. There's so many people going on. So, Chris, have you seen any uh, new and uh, important things that are happening here at SES? Well, so far, uh, not really too much new. I mean, I've seen some great sessions. Uh, if you, any of you guys have been keeping up with the coverage, I mean, I think that a lot of the content where in the past it seemed sometimes like a little bit stale, uh, some of the sessions, well, it seems like all the sessions that I've been to in the past actually really have new compelling content, new case studies being presented. And I, I think that's really cool because, you know, uh, this is a great conference and we obviously hope that it'll continue to go for years to come and, and having the fresh content and, uh, you know, keeping that level of, uh, of freshness up is really going to help. Uh, like I said before, I mean, there's a ton more uh, uh, expo hall participants, but other than that, nothing really that new and wowy yet. I mean, I imagine, you know, SEO mods will probably do something. Like yeah, they they'll probably do. do something pretty interesting. And uh, <laughs> we have Rebecca sitting here next to us. Rebecca, you want to say hi? Hi. All right. Uh, 
I think I kind of speak for some of us at Searching the Roundtable. We've been covering these conferences for, uh, I guess, about four years now. I, I, met, I remember I met Barry originally in 2003 at New York here. So New York's kind of a special conference for me. Always have a wonderful time. And year after year, we, we see these sessions over and over and over. And a lot of times there's some real stale content going on. But, um, you know, this particular conference, I think we're seeing, you know, a lot of new stuff come out. And there's a lot of updating some of the sessions. And most of the sessions I've been to have been pretty good. We see a little bit of staleness. But for the most part, I'm seeing a lot of interest and duplicate content issues, a lot of testing going on, a lot of interest in organic search, and uh, as I heard somebody talking in the press room earlier, it's just like a freaking gold rush out here. It's like there's so many people just trying to get their little slice of the pie of the search market. So uh, I think what we'll go ahead and do is start with uh, some of the topics that we've covered on Search Engine Roundtable the last couple weeks. And uh, I don't know about y'all, but a couple about a week ago we had April Fools, and the search community kind of got together and did some jokes on some of us. And uh, I know at Search Engine Roundtable we did a little sign, um, kind of a, a attempt to look like we had been hacked. You know, I don't know if we fooled anybody or not, but uh, it's kind of questionable. But there was some better ones out there. And uh, one of the ones that was kind of interesting was at Webmaster World, they uh, put up uh, AdSense ads, which, you know, as if you might don't already know, Webmaster World is an uh, ad-free forum. Um, and they went ahead and put AdSense on there. So a lot of people are wondering how much they actually made within one day with that stunt. Uh, some of the other hacks and April Fool's jokes that happened, and the kind of the weird thing was that April Fool's happened on a Sunday. So you know, I know in years past they've done stuff where like Yahoo and Google merge, and I know I fell for that for like 10 seconds. But uh, I know Matt Cuts, you know, apparently attempted to hack his own site, which was kind of interesting. Did some dark SEO team thing going on there, and uh, there was lots of forum discussion about that. Matt's got a pretty good sense of humor. Uh, Google did some pretty, uh, quite a few of jokes. There was Gmail paper, which fueled me for about 15 seconds. I was like, they're actually going to email, mail me my email. That's kind of cool. <laughs> uh, and then they, let's see what else. There was, uh, ask.com decided that they were going to buy Kevin Federline's search with Kevin, uh, which, yeah, bad acquisition there. So, uh, Chris, did you observe any, uh... Yeah, I saw a bunch of the shenanigans. It was uh, pretty entertaining. Uh, I got to give a lot of credit to uh, Matt for pulling a pretty decent one off. I think he put some uh, some hints in there, like the horrible French, nous sommes le propriétaire de toi, which uh, anyone who speaks French would realize that was a mistake. But then again, who knows? Maybe hackers are just bad at grammar, or they just suck at French, or whatever. So... In, in, in any case, that was a great, and he actually even prefaced it with another blog post the day before saying he was having a few minor issues with the site, so I think he laid the trap pretty well, and, and, and uh, some people fell into it. One that you didn't mention, Ben, that I thought was really hilarious was the Google TISP Wireless, which is a free wireless uh, service to uh, provide it to homes uh, via uh, plumbing systems. And uh, oh, yeah. as Danny says, Sir Thomas Crapper would be proud. Uh, there's some instructions or a discussion at TechMeme. And uh, the latest feature will help you connect you with previous Google products that have been rolled out on the very 1st of April. So uh, that's really hilarious. And it has to do with using the power generated by the uh, lose in, in, in your house. Uh, I thought that the Ask one was great. There was a really funny uh, uh, quote in the, uh, from Jim Land's Zone. 
um, from uh, when when they discussed buying the search with Kevin. And it's funny because we had actually been passing around the office uh, a, a funny email talking about how Kevin Federline uh, has his own search engine, which I'm sure you guys <laughs> he, he probably, probably should. Yeah, really. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, K Fed search with K Fed. I mean, if you're in the K Fed dog pound, then you might as well get your K Fed dog on, I guess, or whatever. Uh, so, <laughs> he, uh, the search with Kevin, uh, and um, again, just take a look at the search engine land side. You'll find a bunch of funny quotes on that. But I think that overall, uh, you know, we survived April Fool's Day, fortunately, uh, and uh, it's time to move on. All right. Uh, one of the next things we covered on Search Engine Roundtable last week was uh, Google went ahead and uh, turned AdWords uh, ads yellow and uh, were trying to monitor changes in click behavior. They were trying to see if they would change the CTR for uh, you know various ads that were happening. And I think we touched on this uh, a while back. They originally had like a blue background at the top of AdWords, which is kind of a more of a pleasing color. Yellow is kind of more a happy color uh, generally um, when you're testing ads. So I, you know, we covered that and uh, I think I made a suggestion they should go with like lime green or something really odd. I know we did some tests with AdSense in the beginning where we were testing various colors of ads and making sure to see if they stood out and see if they would click more or not. And it usually just came down to if we blended it with the page, we got a higher click-through rate. Um, so th they went ahead and did that. And uh, Chris, have you observed any uh, AdWord, yellow AdWords lately? Well, I have. The funny thing is, you know, that's something we take for granted a lot, but, you know, we're really kind of plugged in, so we hear about these tests often long before other people do, even people at large agencies, for example. I Y'all got, are privileged. I got this one email. Uh, you know, there's a, a really cool person that works down the Atlanta office, and she was, like, totally astounded. Hey, guess what? Uh, Google's using these yellow backgrounds, and, and I just kind of responded kind of with a smile and, and a link to the post uh, from about two and a half weeks ago uh, <laughs> at the roundtable about it. You know, so, um, you know, this is cool stuff. And uh, this is if you're, you know, a search engine roundtable reader, an SEO Moz reader, if you read the forums and, and blogs, this is the kind of stuff that you'll keep up with and that, you know, um, believe it or not, uh, makes some great conversation fodder at these kind of events or, or whatever the case may be. So it's just another example of, of uh, you know, this is something that we knew well in advance of, of, of the regular folks, I guess, knowing it. And uh, it's just one of the benefits of uh, listening to uh, The Pulse exactly. at Master Radio. And listen, listen to the listen, other great shows on this Listen station. to The Pulse. We know what's going on. <laughs> uh, one more thing on that. Uh, one of the other changes they made is they kind of made a uh, change in terms of where you could click on the specific ad. Beforehand, it was a little bit more broad, and you could click just basically on a variety of different locations. Uh, and so they modified what counts as a click in the box uh, to be a little bit more consistent. Uh, for the ads on the right side. So instead of clicking anywhere, you can now click on the link. Now this can inversely affect the CTR negatively or positively in a lot of different ways. And so a lot of us are wondering about how much. Uh, and so the big question will remain is how much it affects it and how much it's going to cost you know, advertisers. Uh, so I think that's enough on that topic. Uh, we are going to go next into talking about SEO Moss's ranking factors version 2.0, and we have Rebecca here from SEO Moss. It's going to briefly, you know, tell us a little bit about it. I know Chris and I were honored enough in order to uh, voice our opinions on okay. the ranking factors, and uh, it came out really well. I think the, there was a really positive response from uh, a lot of the search engine marketing community about the ranking factors. Um, you know, there's a lot of forum discussion on what was going on. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Rebecca, and she can describe it a little bit. Thank you. Um, I guess I'm filling in for Rand. I don't know where he is. 
He, we need to put a bell on him. It's really hard to keep track of the guy. He's so, actually at the Colbert uh, report. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's why I hate him right now. I forgot. Thank you, Chris, for bringing that up. Um, I, I'm not, I wasn't really involved with the whole uh, uh, putting together of the ranking factors, so I'll do my best to fill you guys in with, with yeah, what just, I know here. Just tell us kind of what it was like around the office. Was there a lot of buzz about this? I mean, did you guys know that this was going to be a really popular... I mean, it's obviously it blew out. You know, there's uh, tons of, of links to it. I'm sure if you'd search DIG for SEO Ma's ranking right now, you'd probably find, you know, hundreds of posts within the last week or two weeks or whatever. But tell me, tell us kind of how, how you guys, you know, how you went about it at the office. Was there anything unusual or did it just kind of work as normal? Uh, well, I know Rand was really excited about it, uh, about putting a new version out. And he had Jeff, uh, one of our programmers, he kind of was in charge of putting it together and making it look a lot sexier than the last version. Um, it had been two years since the last version came out, this version, so Rand wanted to update it because obviously ranking factors change. So I know he, he had uh, about 30 or so, including you two, um, SEOs contribute with the, what they think was important and, and score it accordingly. And then, um, you know, Jeff put it together in a really, really awesome layout, and we rolled it out and got an immediate response. It was tremendous. People, you know, flooding our comments with, this is incredible, this is great, and, you know, a lot of links. A lot I want to marry Rebecca. You What's get those comments a lot, too, right? <laughs> I want to marry Rebecca. <laughs> Maybe not in that thread, but, you know, personal emails, of course. Well, do you know that uh, as of right now, I just ran it in the site floor, there are 944 in-links to that uh, article. I mean, Pretty that's an needed, awesome yeah. example of link bait. I mean, yeah. would you say that, uh, I mean, what percentage of the, uh, the plan for creating this, you know, great piece of research across so many uh, search engine experts, I mean, would you say it's more to... Uh, educate and, and to help share like like Rand always does but would you say it's about 50-50 between that and maybe uh, a little link baiting for uh, <laughs> SEO Moz or uh I, I think we always have people suspicious of that as, you know coming from us um, I think that you know it's it's a very educated guess so but you know it's it's coming from 30 of the most renowned SEOs you know in the industry so you know it's got to be a pretty pretty educated guess you know I mean it's it's not going to be exact science, obviously. And I'm actually curious. You, know, you always wonder if the, if the search engines are reading this and laughing and like, yeah, right. They don't know what's going on at all. This is hilarious. But um, I, saw, I saw that uh, comment. I think you made that in the thread or someone did about how, oh, yeah, Google's probably like laughing at this right. or whatever. Have you guys had any contact from uh, like Vanessa or Matt in, in direct um, uh, relation no, to I this? Or is it one of those things where it's like the, uh, <laughs> the gorilla in the room when you guys are hanging out? Or, right. Uh, uh, I know uh, Rand just put a, a post up asking our readers to come up with some questions for him to ask Vanessa for the uh, Web Pro News uh, interview, and one of them was they wanted uh, us to ask her, you know, if any of these ranking factors are accurate at all, or what if we're ballparking it, you know, how accurate it is. So I don't know if we've gotten any yays or nays or or what from any of the search engines, or if so, Rand hasn't. He's been keeping it to himself. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Cool. So. Um you know, you got the mic. Uh, anything else you want to tell us about uh, SEO Moz or, uh, you know, uh, anything else while, while you're here? Um, Are you guys hiring or anything like that? Uh, mm, you know, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. Well, okay. I don't know what's, going, what's up our sleeve at this point. We've got, I think this is our biggest non-San Jose turnout for Mozers. So there's four of us walking around. So if you see us, say hi. 
And we've got a big tall guy who's nursing a hangover right now, so making sure we're getting to sessions, hopefully, and also doing the whole networking circuit. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for taking the time. Uh, I know I frantically asked Rand to join us uh, this afternoon. He was like, oh, and he actually, for a second, it seemed, thought about like skipping the Colbert Report to come be on the call. Oh. So I was very touched by that. He, he faked it well he's to good you, at Chris. Faking it, yeah. <laughs> so uh, thanks a lot for coming by. And, no problem. Uh, you know, uh, feel free to hang around. And if you've got anything to add on any of the future topics, just give us a wave and we'll bring you back over. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, Rebecca. Uh, I think uh, what we might do is just talk about a couple of the factors that were mentioned in uh, Ranking Factors version 2.0. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, we need to go in a break. So actually, let's do that right now. We'll be right back in a few seconds. Sit tight and don't move. The Pulse, Pulse. will be back after this short break. Faster than a speeding bullet, it's the super way to pay. It's Fast Transact. Fast Transact is the safe, secure, and fast way to process credit cards, online checks, and gift cards. Find multiple payment gateway and merchant account options to keep your costs down and sales up, up, and away. You can build your business empire in a single bound, while Fast Transact fights the never-ending battle to keep payment processing safe and secure. Your quest for an e-commerce solution has found its final destination. Fly over to FastTransact.com today marketingexperiments.com Learn how we increase traffic by 446% with our Google AdWords campaign while reducing cost per click by 58% at marketingexperiments.com marketingexperiments.com Log on and register for our interactive SEM certification course today and discover how to build, target, and maximize ad campaigns like an expert through our proven paid search optimization formula. marketingexperiments.com For details, see marketingexperiments.com slash PPC Marketing Experiments. Discover what really works. Gentlemen, start your engines. Okay, well, how do I get my engine started? Is your online marketing being left at the starting gate? Don't have enough information to stay ahead of your competitors? Then visit EngineReady.com and get a free trial of our affordable enterprise class web analytics. With EngineReady, you can accurately track revenues from all online marketing campaigns, search engines, banner ads, email, and more. EngineReady strategic marketing software. See why companies of all sizes achieve exceptional online results with EngineReady, the professional standard in search marketing. Oh, maybe I should just get out and push. Now, back to The Pulse, Pulse. only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. All right, we're back with The Pulse. My name's Ben Pfeiffer, and we have Chris Boggs here. So uh, we're going to go ahead, and we were just talking about the SEO Moz ranking factors version 2.0. We just had Rebecca from SEO Moz, and she just gave us kind of a brief uh, synopsis on how they put that out and some of the various things in that. 
So I think we were going to go through a couple of the factors that were mentioned in the ranking factors document. Um, I know one of the highly uh, disputed factors was the duplicate title and meta tags on many pages. And so there's some SEOs out there that believe that um, you know if you have a lot of duplicate title or meta tags on many different pages, whether it's 10 to 1,000 pages, that this is an indication of duplicate content. And there's very good reason to believe that this is uh, one of the indicators of duplicate content. Um, I'm kind of on the borderline. I've seen a lot of sites, even a lot of very popular sites, um, that have the same situation, even go out to launch and don't have problems with duplicate content. So it's kind of a you know give or take situation. On sites you do see this, it does look like there's duplicate content, but there's many different factors that um, you can identify uh, for duplicate content. And one of the things that search engines look at is kind of a fingerprint or kind of some unique content that's on the website. Uh, and they're pretty sophisticated with telling that. So obviously duplicate content is bad for a search engine and especially bad for index because it doesn't improve it or doesn't make the search experience very good. Uh, so Chris, was there any uh, factors specifically that you saw inside the ranking factors uh, document that SEO Moz put out that were kind of, you know, you were on the fence about? I think there was a couple things. Uh, one thing we might have disagreed on or something here and there, but, uh, you know, not everybody agreed on everything. And the nice thing about uh, the particular version of this ranking factors document was they had a disagreement waiting so you know you could get an indication of how everybody felt and the 34 experts that you know chimed in on this and how they felt and so it kind of ranked it to obviously the title tag is one of those things that you know we all agree on is one of the most important on-page factors in SEO well I thought you know I was kind of amazed actually when I uh, expanded the uh, comments to comments from all the writers but uh, even looking at the you know degree of separation and in, in the actual grading uh, which we didn't we didn't get a chance to see what every uh, person that voted in or participated in the survey actually voted for each particular factor but we got to see a degree of separation however it seemed that even in the ones that with a greater higher degree of separation and opinion the comments showed a surprising trend and in most cases of being like where at least 70 to 80 percent of the people were essentially saying the same thing and when we did this it's not like you and I talked about this while we were doing it or anything and it's not like no. any of the 34 of us even talked to any of the others about it we all did this and then you know it comes out like this and lo and behold there's a bunch of experts that all feel roughly the same about each of these factors. So I think the first thing to note is that Rand was did a great job and, and, and whoever helped him, you know, him design the survey with him, they did a great job in really identifying the, uh, the categories that were going to be discussed. I think they broke it down really well uh, you know, between uh, the different uh, the keyword use factors and then you had the, uh, the page attributes and the uh, site domain attributes. Uh, you know, but and, and, and I'll answer your question in a second. But do you, you, you want to add something first, or oh, go go ahead. Okay. Well, to me, uh, one of the ones that I thought um, was was a big uh, one, and of course we had an average agreement on it, but was the topical relevance of an inbound links to the site. I think that's something that we uh, that you know one of the best comments in this whole thing was from Eric Ward that says if the topical relevance of inbound links to the site doesn't mean anything then he's wasted 14 years of his life so that pretty much says it in a nutshell I mean if someone as important and, and as renowned and as obviously successful as case study after case study shows in in the link building arena uh, says something like that then it's obviously a pretty highly important topic and it, it got a high importance rating um, you know I think that there's some 
it, it's really important to take. I know, I know that some people mentioned in, in the discussion about this uh, this test that you know they wanted to print out the entire version with all the comments so that they could read it and really digest it. And quite frankly, I'm sure that there's probably going to be some good follow-up papers to this. Uh, you know, right here, actually, as a matter of fact, is every every single one of them is. Uh, you know, I do that weekly search marketing trends newsletter at searchmarketingtrends.com. Well, every single one of them, if I'm like at a loss for a topic that week, <laughs> I can just go pick one of these factors just and just talk about one, it yeah. because they're all they're all relevant. So uh, that was a long answer to your question, but again, if you guys haven't seen it, you know, it's the SEOmuzz.org. Uh, and that's the search ranking factors. It's 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 really worth the read. It'll really give you uh, a finger on the pulse, not to coin a phrase, uh, you know, of, of what's what's important in uh, in SEO these days. I agree, Chris, completely. And uh, just a disclaimer: we are not under any paid endorsement by SEO Moss to uh, continually recommend this ranking factors document we just really like it a lot um i know one of the other things that was mentioned in the document that people were kind of on the fence about was um the effect of document age as composed to like site-wide age so for i know myself included i i'm more along the fence of believing that site age is more important than the documents age because documents are included within the site um, it's a whole other ball game and a lot more complicated to do document age and specifically document creation date when it was originally created as well as the incoming links to that page. Um, you know, you can have a large site and a lot of the internal pages can be actually rank a lot higher than the homepage for, you know, various terms um, and you can get a lot more traffic to those pages. That doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, it's ranked better than the entire site, but it just is ha all depends on how Google looks at it. So, you know, there was a lot of different other factors and, and, and reasons that people had to disagree and agree on uh, within that. So, um, Chris, unless you have anything else, I guess we'll move on to some other topics and take a commercial break in a few minutes. Sure, let's move. Let's do one more topic before the next break. Is that good? Okay. Ten minutes? All right. Let's keep churning them out. All move right. them up. Move them out. <laughs> All right. Uh, one topic we're going to touch on just Wrong briefly. On. <laughs> They're serving refreshments here at SES uh, for all conference goers. So, you know, we're just getting a little happy. It's good. Uh, and one of the topics we're going to touch on briefly is uh, Yahoo is actually going to require sh shorter descriptions coming this May and June of 2007. Now, this can mean a bunch of work for some people that are obviously using Yahoo Search Marketing. Um, and it's a very important announcement because it you know has to do with sponsored listings and the descriptions that and how they'll be handled. Um, Yahoo Search Marketing blog had a really good write-up on it called Think Short, where they kind of described the descriptions of the ads and the links. And um, in June, that the link will go to 70 characters. Uh, and so, for some, this is good; some, it's bad. I kind of prefer the longer descriptions because I believe that's one of the first things that people look at when they initially are looking at one of some of these pay-per-click ads. The titles are so similar. Um, you know, previously you could have a really long description from like 190 characters to about. Uh, 180, 190, and now it's coming down to, to 70 different characters. Uh, so starting May 2007, they're going to require shorter descriptions for all new or modified ads in the new ad advertising system. So on top of Panama, we've got these changes in terms of the ads. It's like looking like every single day, that, you know, they're becoming more and more like Google. Um, I know that's something that's been thrown around a lot, but, um, you know, if it works for them, then it might work well for Yahoo. So uh, Chris, have you, any opinions on this? Well, you know, it's uh, it's the kind of thing where if you're an experienced search marketer, you've already 
dealt with 40 character titles and you know you've dealt with 35 character display URLs and and the description are 70 characters so this is something that really shouldn't be rocket science uh, to any pay-per-click uh, practitioners out there I mean I know that you know the rocket rocket science is a lot more to akin to pay-per-click than it is to SEO but in this particular case uh, as long as you have a, a grasp of the basics I think you should be able to uh, you know roll with these punches pretty easily yeah I don't think it's a hard change it, no it's not that's definitely a hard change and it gives you a good opportunity to kind of revamp your ads too in a lot of ways so you know get in there change some stuff around um, you know one thing to note though is that longer descriptions will be used um, on some of the external partnership sites that Yahoo uses so it's not a complete change on the internal network an entire network but just on you know specifically Yahoo related properties quite frankly uh, Ben you know as you know I, I, I run some campaigns that I still have from the old school days uh, from you know early like 2000 2001 and it's some clients in San Diego and a, a lot of their creative that I did was already kind of leaning towards the shoulder end I mean there's uh, we can probably could get into a really done discussion about the value of having a longer description and and maybe being able to include the hidden keywords that the people are using in their search and, and having a greater chance of, uh, uh, of an actual higher click-through rate. But I think that uh, you know Google has shown over the years that, that, that the short description is a viable model. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're in tune enough with your audience and, and your audience's needs, you should be able to uh, you know, work in, within, that, uh, within that area. And so uh, just from a personal relation, uh, it's not going to be that much work for me to have to trim these uh, a lot of these descriptions because I was actually really going a, a lot shorter than and then the max allowable already for a lot of Yahoo descriptions so yeah I agree um, we're gonna go ahead and skip one of these document doc uh, topics and I think uh, jut on down to does freshness mean more in Google uh, I think this is more of a, a better topic, especially a search conference, uh, something that we're definitely talking about in a lot of ways. Uh, and so, you know, in Google, you know, specifically, there's, you know, belief that the fresher your, your, your content and the fresher your document, especially, you know, the stuff that you're publishing out on a blog or whether it's a large site, um, is going to basically help you in the rankings in, in a lot of ways, just because your content's fresher, the search engine spider is coming back more often, which is always a good thing. We always want the Googlebot to come and visit us, you know, once a day or more than that, if possible. Um, and so, you know, it kind of makes sense too that you know, as, as, as your content's fresher, the search engines want it to see more of it. Uh, so, you know, there's been some threads that have been going around, thrown around in Webmaster World, and I know they've talked about it here in the conference uh, specifically. And uh, so, Chris, uh, what does freshness mean to you? Well, you know, <laughs> I guess I probably shouldn't go there since we're in a public area, but uh, um, in terms of uh, search engines, freshness, uh, I guess, could, could be considered frequency of updates of pages. Uh, that's one of the factors in the SEO Moz ranking, and just since I happen to still have that open, that was considered of moderate importance by the panel, and there was an average agreement on that. Uh, you know, Neil Patel said that there are a lot of pages on the web that are old and have not been updated, but they rank well for competitive terms, and he thinks the frequency of the updates to a whole site is more important. I think that kind of relates to uh, the same kind of thing that you were saying about, you know, uh, the, the ability of a site to, uh, to, to have value based on age as opposed to right. just the pages being a, a value of ages. So, um, uh, in essence, freshness, and, and I actually talked about this uh, at length with uh, one of our analysts and one of our engineers 
engineers in Philadelphia. The analyst was Andy Powers, and the engineer was Brian Cosgrove. And and uh, as a matter of fact, I think I used it in uh, in in a thread somewhere, or rather, uh, probably that uh, Webmaster World thread. But you know, it was a very simple. Um, equation that we come up with in, in terms of to describe whether or not let's let's take it for granted that freshness is uh, a factor so then how do we define freshness well freshness would have to be in terms of to really satisfy the algorithm not only freshness of content but freshness of links so the freshness of content theoretically should drive to freshness of links so uh, the combination thereof is going to be one of those rising tides that floats all boats and, and, and you should be able to uh, have a continued success um, because of the fact not only that you're updating content and some people might misidentify it as that being the major factor but in, in what's happening is that updated content is, is generating more links to it so uh, you know whether or not it's freshness of links or content or both I mean one drives the other it, that's, right. that's the bottom line on my feeling on that right which would make sense you know you put it down more content is going to be more interesting people are going to keep coming back in a lot of ways and so you're going to encourage more links to the site which is going to do better so you know on the flip side you know of, of, of Neil's particular you know type of comment there you know you see a lot of competitive sites that rank really well when they have, have a lot of refreshed content so it's content that's con constantly updated and I know you know doing consulting over the years and stuff like that one of the things we recommend to clients is, is constantly update their, their content and one of the problems you run into is with e-commerce sites that have you know bundles of products and it's you know they, they they don't want to really go about spending, you know, a hundred hours of time rewriting product descriptions. You know, even that too is like they, their home pages are very sparse of content. Sometimes they have short, stubby stuff. You know, even though it, at that same token, you know, you see a lot of retailers out there, especially some I've met at this conference that have retail sites and they're able to do this very successfully um, and command top spots in the search engines in a lot of ways. Um, you know, and on the other part of the argument too is that you see a lot of .gov and .edu sites that rank really well. You know, just based on documents that have been around for like. 10 years, you know, don't know exactly why, but, you know, we all think that it has to do with the specific, you know, TLD or the extension, the .edu holds a whole lot more weight in Google, you know, than opposed to like, let's say a .biz, you know, or .info. There was a research study that came out and said that the .infos were like 90% of spam on the internet. And so, you know, it kind of makes you wonder a little bit, you know, on how they look at it. And and obviously, you know, Google, I mean, from an, an academic institution, they're going to definitely favor documents from there a little bit more and they're harder to you know manipulate in a lot of ways um, I know in one of the panels uh, the sessions I was sitting in uh, about uh, well, this duplicate content they threw up a example of a university that was spamming initially and so this was like an example that stumped Danny Sullivan when he was showed the example said is this the actual website you know what are they doing here that would you know prevent them from ranking well or getting banned and he couldn't find the example what was happening was that they were putting a lot of doorway pages all through the site and they just had the look that it wasn't spammy because it, it was an academic institution that was doing this and so i know i've worked in the education space some i've seen examples of you know well universities that will go out with their edu name and go ahead and, and put up all sorts of doorway pages and landing pages and they'll hire some hotshot seo to come out and write some content and, and start selling links i remember there was times where you could spend two thousand dollars a month to get your you know link on a edu site mm. so it's pretty ridiculous and so the you know in terms of freshness um, and stuff out there, you know, there's a lot of things that matter with this. But you know, I I, I believe it's more of a part of the algorithm these days than it was before. 
um, especially because. Yeah. Uh, but Google considers a lot of factors, you know, hundreds of factors, and so this is just a small part exactly. of it, I think. Exactly, Ben, and, and you know, w with your your excellent points you were making there, uh, it's one thing that we can always come back to is that you know this is a cat and mouse game. We're trying to figure out, by the best of our ability, through a lot of data with a lot of different industries, um, as to you know how search engines rank sites, and uh, there are so many factors they've got that going in their advantage, and these factors can be of some effect on each other. So we don't know how much effect those you know a particular factor can have on another factor. So, but I think that we actually uh, within your comment found the really big news of the day and that was that uh, Danny Sullivan was stumped so with that uh, I'd like to move towards uh, an ad and uh, then we'll get back with you shortly <laughs> sit tight and don't move the pulse. pulse we'll be back after this short break Best of the Web, the Internet's oldest directory, EOTW.org, since 1994. Our editors scour the web finding quality sites, providing users with spam-free resources, relevant information from valuable sites. Submit your site now for a guaranteed review in three days or less. For webmasters needing additional exposure, check out our 60-day free trial on category sponsorships. 60 days free advertising. No kidding. And don't forget the Best of the Web's reseller program with the industry's highest commissions, 25% recurring commission on all products and services. Bloggers, make sure to check out the BOTW blog directory and the recently launched volunteer editor program to help build the best blog resource on the web. Want traffic? For results without hassle, look no further than Search Ad Network. Focused on your core goals, our dedicated account management team will drive your online sales, increase brand recognition, and generate leads for offline sales through expert search engine marketing and technology. In addition, Search Ad Network offers free click fraud detection and API access into all major engines to ensure your business reaches their desired ROI. Visit searchadnetwork.com today to experience true profit through performance. Have you heard that content is king? Yeah, what's that mean? I don't even have a clue. Hmm, wonder if that's important. Important? Search engine optimized web content is essential. Essential for maximizing page rank. Essential for increasing sales. GetWebContent.com is the internet foremost provider of custom written search engine optimized copy. GetWebContent.com is easy to access and ultra cost effective. Right now, copy is indeed king. And GetWebContent.com is the king of copy. Check it out today. Now, back to The Pulse, Pulse. only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. All right, we're back at The Pulse. My name is Ben Pfeiffer, and uh, Chris Boggs here, and we are live at Search and Strategies New York, and we're having a pretty good time. We're talking about a lot of important search topics that are going on, especially at this conference and right now in the search engine industry. So if you're just joining us, we just talked about uh, Google freshness and the importance of freshness within the Google algorithm and how it can affect uh, One second, site. Ben. I'm sorry. Uh, someone in the area just farted, just so that everyone experiences that with me. That's oh, out on they? the radio, but it's kind of wafting over oh, towards man. me, so it, that it, sucks kind of. But think, anyway, please think, continue. Uh, all right. Uh, ooh, kind of smells, too. All right. Woo. Woo. Uh, <laughs> Okay, moving on. All right, we were just talking about freshness and uh, a new topic. We're going to be talking about how Google is possibly undergoing fundamental search changes. Uh, this is kind of more of a theory than it is actual fact. 
Um, you know, there's some the members are talking in the search forums, like kind of acknowledging that Google's experiencing some fundamental changes when it's out search algorithm. Um, so, you know, the specific big one here is um, how common a search term is and, and how many results that it particularly generates. Um, you know, you've seen it passes when you're doing searches and you're tracking for clients, you'll see it jump from, you know, like 500 million to 250 million. And I know the specific result I've been looking at, I saw it at 1 billion results and we were ranking for in the top five. And then, you know, a couple months later, it was down to, you know, half a billion specific results. Uh, so the other thing about the, how Google's uh, you know fundamentally changing, especially in the search, is also how the supplemental index is getting a lot bigger. Supplemental index, supplemental results have been a huge factor and it's a big topic in the last year and a half, uh, especially in the search marketing industry. I know we've covered maybe you know 20, 30, 40 different topic posts at Search Engine Roundtable about this specific topic. Um, you know, and it has a lot to do with what's happening with people's sites, and it kind of goes back to some of the things we discussed earlier about duplicate titles and meta tags and especially duplicate content you know and Matt Cutts comes out and specifically says it says a super supplemental index is not necessarily a bad place to be um, you know he's also saying that Google is doing a lot of work to specifically update the supplemental index in a lot faster pace so you get a lot more freshness in what's going on there and specifically sites that you know are pages specifically it seems that get stuck in a supplemental index are those that with not a whole lot of unique content uh, not linked deeply um, and you know have a lot of problems you know where the search engines initially finding them in a lot of ways and so you know an examples that I see I see a lot of you know e-commerce sites where there's just a lot of buried pages are specifically product you know clients that have you know property listings if it's a real estate client you know these results into it ultimately get stuck there and I think this kind of comes back to the fear theory about duplicate titles and, and meta tags it's like this is, instead of it getting actually penalized it gets stuck in the supplemental index and it's kind of where they end up kind of supplemental hell so to say is, is what we'd like to call it uh, and so, so more SEOs and a lot of more search folk kind of noticing this in a lot of ways. And so, Chris, have you seen any, you know, fundamental changes within Google, how Google's reacting sites and things that are changing? Well, um, first of all, by, by what you were saying uh, about the supplemental uh, index and, and, and the quickest way into there uh, appearing to be uh, with duplicate titles and descriptions, that's actually one of, the, one of the ones that I really noticed where there was like five or six of us that mentioned the supplemental index when we answered uh, or commented on that part again in the SEO Moz Ranking Factors, which is getting a lot of airplay this, this show. But uh, it's certainly, you know, something that's important. In fact, uh, I got a call or an, uh, an I am, which was, I guess you could almost call it frantic, but it was uh, somebody at uh, one of the editors at Search Engine Watch was uh, very worried because uh, suddenly we noticed that a, a uh, I think Dave Naylor uh, pointed it out, uh, and and I think he gave the credit to uh, maybe um, I can't remember who it was. If it was Jennifer Laycock or someone who had pointed out that there was a ton of listings for Search Engine Watch suddenly supplemental, and lo and behold, every one of those omitted results included uh, all had the same title and description. And uh, you know this was something that he was very worried about, and he reached out to everyone, and and we talked about it, and and this was just an indication of you know there's a site. Where with hundreds of thousands of pages index that suddenly looks and, and sees, oh, whoa, wait a second, I'm in the supplemental index. Oh, no, you know, I should go jump off the tallest building. <laughs> uh, but the fact is, first of all, we know if Matt Cutts said it, that it's got to be true. And he said that uh, the supplemental index isn't all that bad. So that being said, and that as a baseline, let's look into why we're in the supplemental index. And maybe we can actually learn something a little bit more about the search and 
the, the algorithm at Google by, by looking into this, you know? I agree. So um, this was a situation where, and, and actually it was kind of funny because there was even some conspiracy theorist that says, well, you know, Danny left and he went over to a search engine land, so he somehow poisoned the search engine watch. Obviously, uh, it's going to tank pages, now. Yeah. You know? The master SEO has left the building. <laughs> That's Danny's, you know, number one goal in life to somehow po poison SCW. I mean, it's funny because, you know, this kind of scenario always causes this panic and, and, and a great wild ideas like that. But it's just an, an, an indicator. And, and for anyone that really hasn't been in SEO for too long, I mean, this is the kind of drama that occurs on a regular basis, you know. Uh, imagine a client, um, you know, that uh, let's say it's a Fortune 100 business that suddenly loses a bunch of its long tail terms because of supplement. You know, then you're starting to discuss serious potential monetary ramifications to this. So it's very important to keep up, uh, especially if you're interested in SEO and search engine marketing, with the discussions like this that occur within our industry. Because first of all, every once in a while, Darren Babin's going to come in and comment, and then that'll be the smartest <laughs> thing ever said in the world. Secondly, uh, what will happen is that you'll learn, and, and, and this may prevent or first of all you're going to seem smarter when your client calls you if it ever does happen you can say oh wait i've seen this happen let's let's relax here let's take care of the situation and and fix it and, and it's nothing to panic about and the clients you know all talking about firing you and everything like that and you're like fine you know but the, the, the bottom line is that you can learn a lot from these kind of panics that occur and it's great when it happens to someone i mean uh, you know sucks for searching and watch but or whatever but it's not like they suddenly killed their traffic or anything that i know of and it's it allows us all as seos to gain a little bit more insight into into the whole deal yeah no i agree completely yeah they're not suffering too much and so you know there's a lot of people out there looking for these changes specifically and so you know when the discussion happens we can kind of monitor them in a lot of ways so you know there are fundamental changes that are happening within google um and specifically the search results uh you know one of the complaints too is also has to do with like local and personalization going on and, and and kind of the creep in of you know authority spam and and some of the one box stuff that's happening up at the top it's like now you go and you do a search for you know any local specific type of thing and you kind of see all sorts of stuff that pops up and you like maps and boxes and check marks and fairies and you know leprechauns that are popping out of the page and you know you know it's cutting down on the the, the, the traffic that's going to these sites so you know it's changing you know so I was listening after so, uh, a pulse one day you know after we did the show and it was on I think shoe money show or something like that and they had one of these uh, SEO black hats on there and, and, and they were talking about you know Google and he was saying that you know Google in a lot of ways is a reactive and, and I totally would agree with that and so I think they're kind of getting a little bit more proactive on what they're doing as so specifically to, in, in a way to you know prevent spam from coming in um, and so you know they're reacting in a lot of ways and this was creating some of these loopholes so you know that's what no wonder they created something like a supplemental index you know they don't know exactly how to handle the entire complicated situation of all these sites so why not just put it in a separate index and just get rid of it completely and so you know when you can't really find what you're looking for then just you know to give them the supplemental index um, so you know it, it kind of makes sense and and I think in a lot of people that have been around for a while that have been doing SEO and specifically webmasters have been doing SEO for their sites they're kind of used to a lot of fundamental changes we've seen a lot happen over the years um, and they've gotten used to them and they've you know gotten hardened so to say um, and they know the factors and they know what's important you know I think one of the big issues is actually new people that are coming into the industry with websites and I see this specifically sitting in the press room and somebody was saying you know I'm seeing such a huge need for SEO consulting services right now and specifically people that like get into the code and do stuff and I know you know I started off doing optimization all day every day for like 24 hours and it just drove me almost half nerd. my nuts 
Yeah, I was nerd. a big nerd, and I didn't get paid squat. But, you know, it, it taught me a lot, and that's kind of what I do. I get into the code, and I optimize, and I'm a big nerd. But, you know, for a lot of people that are just getting into this, they don't know these things, and so these changes are looking very scary. So, you know, as Chris was talking about, you know, things that are happening within the industry of Search Engine Watch, you know, these are things that we can learn from in a lot of ways. So I think that's enough on that particular topic. Um, yeah, you're about to send that topic into the supplemental index. <laughs> it's almost there. I sent it <laughs> well on its way. Uh, all right. And the next topic we're going to go into is uh, should you outsource your link development in SEO? Yes. Yes, yes. To no, India. Don't you dare. <laughs> said India, yes, yes. If, if you if you really hate somebody, just tell them to go to India to outsource their link development. A disclaimer, that is not necessarily the opinion of webmasterradio.fm <laughs> or The Pulse or any of its subsidiaries. Or the authors that searched in a roundtable. <laughs> so, should you outsource your link development? I think in a lot of a lot of ways, we'd all agree that no, it's a bad idea. Uh, and I know Chris has probably had some experience. I know I've had plenty of experience you know seeing this happen and getting the really bad results that you get and you kind of just pay a whole lot of money up front and they're like yeah give me five thousand dollars and we'll get you 500 links you're like all right all right i want 500 links and then i can do it in my sleep so you get 500 links and before you know it you've got 500 links on scraper pages and all these sites that aren't actually related and they get you put up on some reciprocal linking network and you know actually don't do a single thing for your search engine ranking so it's a big problem and it's something that people will talk about and I know a lot of SEOs you know we've tried this because link building is really difficult it takes a lot of time you know it, it's an in-depth type of thing you know you go out and you try to find somebody to do link building for you and Chris I'm sure you, you might agree it's gonna be freaking impossible you know you're charge you a whole lot of money you know our good friend Deborah you know she does links for clients and you know she's raised her rates you know 20 times in the last couple of years just because she is in such high demand for building links that you know, it's a really hard thing to do. And so you know, that's why the things like link bait that come out and stuff like that. These are a lot easier ways to, to generate links. It just requires you to be a lot smarter and use your brain. Um, so outsourcing link development is kind of like the easy way out. Yeah, and the recent issue of uh, Website Magazine, I actually had an article that was somewhat edited, and I didn't choose the holy grail that they used in anything. But anyhow, I was pretty pretty happy with the final outcome of the article. And, and one of the things that I talked about was this, you know, sort of uh, holy grail <laughs> uh, of uh, trying to find an na emulating natural link building. And uh, I knew as soon as they assigned me that topic that it was going to have to be something that I danced around because it's impossible to really emulate natural link building. I mean, you can certainly try to spur it along. But, you know, this reminds me of once, like when I was a kid in Barcelona after high school, uh, you know, I was there with my buddies and we decided to buy some stuff. And, and in one hand was the good stuff and the other hand's the dirt, you know, and, and we got handed off the dirt. And, and you had a really bad feeling after because we just spent all our <laughs> money for that day on this clump of dirt. So this is something that you got to understand when, 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 you're, when you're buying links, which, you know, as even though Google forbids it, people do do it. You have to remain below the radar. You have to look for partners that remain below the radar. Don't go with these huge site-wide plans and these 500 for 5,000 links. Uh, anything like that, if, 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 you know, do the smell test on it. If, if it just doesn't smell right, if there's something that seems wrong about it, just don't do it. You're wasting your money. You're wasting your time. And if anything, you could potentially create a negative situation for your website. So in terms of outsourcing link development, 
Sure, you could do it, but there's a, a list about, you know, I've got about as many fingers and toes for the number of people that I would trust to personally outsource my link building or link development, especially with some of the clients that I'm dealing with now. And I'm not saying that I, uh, you know, of course, uh, we don't uh, go out and try to build links, uh, uh, as far as you know. And, uh, you know, that's something that we just build a lot of great content and the links uh, come naturally. But if I was to want to outsource link development, I mean, you've obviously mentioned already a couple people, uh, Deborah, you know, uh, uh, Eric Ward would be an example. Someone like Lunk, uh, Justilian, he's, uh, he's got a kind of a niche in there. I think you can find his uh, site at justilian.com. Uh, but, you know, People that are going to be below the radar, that aren't going to just advertise their link network all over the place so that people like Google uh, um, can see, you know, I mean, just be, be careful what, what and, and also always check, always take the, the stuff from the same hand that you first saw. Don't, don't take the stuff from the other hand because you, you could be in trouble in that, in that uh, scenario too. Right, and I agree. And, and, and outsourcing link development this is also kind of like buying paid links is another situation too because a lot of times you'd go to TextLink ads or TextLink brokers and I love those guys over there. I've known TextLink ad people for a long time and both of them. But you have to go over there and you have to pick the links for yourself and get a lot of advice and sometimes they'll provide advice for you. So this is a better solution uh, for you know possibly outsourcing your link development, you're you know you're going to get you know some higher quality links there. But at the same time, you know you're you're kind of just you know bidding up with everybody else, especially when you're paying you know paid search links uh, on TextLink ads or TextLink brokers and, and some of these other various sites that are out there. There's a lot of stuff that's popped up of, over the years and a lot of linking schemes that have popped over the years. And I know I've tried some out myself and tried some figure out some stuff here and there. Well, actually, when it comes down to it, for me on the on a link building basis, if I do it myself, that's the best way to do it. Um, you know, I've had a couple of good experiences with people building links. Um, you know, people give me links, uh, stuff like that. But if I do it myself and I'm specifically looking for it, and you know, I'm a trained SEO, it it's the best benefit for my clients or for my own sites. Um, and I think you know, and a lot of people probably agree with that. You know, you know your business best, and you know what kind of links you need. So. I think that's enough on that topic. Um, kind of rolls in real quick to the sneaking around buying links one. Just uh, There's another topic there you guys should check out. It's kind of funny because Matt Cutts actually did come in and, and comment uh, in, in, in the thread and, and mentioned that uh, he felt that this would not be, uh, I think the exact quote was, uh, it certainly would not be in the list of techniques that I would recommend. So, you know, here's someone that's, uh, we were talking about exposing yourself to Google, and you know you're talking about in, in a pretty, pretty popular form, and it gets picked up by search engine roundtable. Now this person who's bragging about buying all these links is probably going to take a ding, and uh, because they they went and bragged, and uh, you know even if you do have that kind of results, then shut up about it. You yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we see a lot of examples of people that come out and they're like, I'm number one, and I did this and that, and like Matt Cutts comes along with a little black book that he used to carry and be like, you're banned. The supplemental hell. <laughs> you want to do uh, speed round the last two times? Uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and do that. Uh, I think what we're going to go ahead and do, since we only got five minutes left, is we're going to kind of go into a three minutes left. Sorry. We're going to go into kind of a lightning round, and I'll just kind of briefly touch on... Dun, da, da. Thank you, Chris. Uh, briefly touch on some of the other topics that we didn't get to cover today. Uh, and if you're here at SES, uh, come visit us at the Webmaster Radio booth here on the first floor. 
Uh, one of the first topics we didn't get to is there was a new Google logo on AdSense is now official. As many of you might know, they've been testing this for quite some time um, on various AdSense, you know, Google logos. Um, you probably observed this on some of your sites. Um, the text is going to be ads by Google. It's going to be a little less noticeable, um, and it's also going to be a logo and not some text. So publishers have that to look forward to. Uh, the next topic we didn't get to cover was, is there any benefit in Google checkout badges? Um, I don't know a whole lot about this, but Google's been using checkout badges specifically in some of the AdWords and advertising that you see. You might have seen this if you're doing some searches and such. Uh, so, you know, check that out. We have uh, some coverage on Google checkout badges on Search Engine Roundtable. Uh, yes, Dave Naylor's next. I'm sorry, but Dave Fookin' Naylor yes, is up next. Stay around All right, that. So that is a good if you're show. Here, you better come on down and check him out live. Check him out live. Good show, always, at Webmaster Radio. All right, uh, the next thing we didn't get to touch was uh, Yahoo announces alpha personalized search. Uh, this was kind of a neat stuff. They're kind of adding some elements of personalization and RSSS functionality and the ability for users to uh, share their results with friends. Uh, so... Pretty neat stuff going on with Yahoo. Um, one of the other topics we didn't get to talk about was uh, sitemaps and URL submission. Um, we have live coverage on this from SES at the Search Engine Roundtable about the specific forums. There's been a lot of topics about sitemaps. Uh, you know, the sitemaps uh, summit specifically, and sitemaps. Uh, I mean, robots.txt.org and all this good stuff. Uh, so, lots of good stuff with sitemaps. Ask us to join the group, Yahoo Now, Google, MSN. You can now submit your site and, you know, get your URLs listed uh, for, on sitemaps. Um, also, um, Google is personalizing maps by adding a My Maps feature. You might have seen this. This is a really cool feature. I've been enjoying using this. I know Barry actually talked about it a bunch today where you can go to Google Maps, specifically save maps that you've used before and kind of get a My Maps feature. So those are the topics that we've covered here on, this, on the Pulse today. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you. And Chris, thank you. Thank you, Ben. Uh, again, we missed Barry tonight, but uh, you know, hopefully this will end up being a good podcast and get plenty of downloads.